fantasy football fans, this is Jeff Power, senior writer for Real-Time Fantasy Sports, and welcome to another edition of the Real-Time Fantasy Sports podcast. On today's podcast, I'm going to be joined by Stephen Hawley. Stephen is the past champion of the Fantasy Championship here on our website. He's the $50,000 champion from last year. He's been on the podcast before. He's a great guest. He knows his stuff. And we're going to talk some fantasy football for week 16 of the fantasy season. Before I get to that interview with Steven, though, I did want to tell you now's a great time to sign up for the Fantasy Fantasy Championship postseason shootout here at Real-Time Fantasy Sports. Just go to rtsports.com. Click on the football link and then click on the Fantasy Championship postseason shootout link at the top of the page for a chance to sign up for a chance to win $50,000. There's a $50,000 grand prize for our Fantasy Postseason Shootout. This is a great postseason contest. It pays out over 150 spots. And here's how it works. It's during the postseason, you pick a team, one team, you can pick any players on any of the playoff teams, and you try to win by scoring the most fantasy football points during the entire contest. So it's a game of strategy. You've got to figure out which players you're going to last along and score the most points for a chance to win $50,000. It costs $125 to enter the contest, or you can do three entries for $350. That's the best value. Sign up now before it sells out. It's a great contest. You have a chance to win $50,000. Again, go to rtsports.com, click on the football link at the top of the page, and click on the fantasy postseason shootout link and sign up today for a chance to win $50,000. And now, here's my interview with Stephen Hawley. And I'm joined now by Stephen Hawley. Stephen was last year's winner of the Fantasy Championship on our site. He is actually the fourth-rated fantasy player on our site as well. He's one of the top players out there. He's been on the podcast before, does a great job on here, and does a great job with his teams as always. And I appreciate you, Stephen, for joining me once again. I appreciate you working here for having me, Jeff. Uh, it's, it's pretty remarkable that this will be the last week of the 2018 season. A lot of different different things, different strategies came into form, and uh, just kind of look forward already to head to the to the 2019 season next year. Yeah, so I wanted to touch on the season to date a little bit with you, Stephen, before we get into Week 16 a little more in depth. So for you, like. The biggest fantasy disappointment, maybe somebody that you were targeting this year that just ended up not living up to expectations for you. You got anybody like that? Yeah, um, for me personally, um, I usually, when discussing maybe, you know, who are the biggest busts of the year, um, there's always guys, you know, if injuries occur, I don't necessarily label them as, as busts. You know, it's, it's, a, it's kind of an unfortunate circumstance, but – for some people who guys who get injured, you know, they look at his bus. So, you know, you could look at guys like the running backs like Leonard Fournette and Dalvin Cook who miss more games miss more games this year than they actually played. But for me, when I when discussing a bust or a disappointment, I'm looking at a guy that, you know, generally take within the first four or five rounds who pretty much was on the field throughout the year but just did not perform, just didn't execute like you like you planned on. And that guy for me, um, as the season as the preseason went along and once it got into August and early September for drafts, you know, this is a guy that was going about fourth to fifth round who really seemed to be in a good spot, especially after how he performed in the Super Bowl last year. Um the main 
deep receiving threat was traded to the Los Angeles Rams. I'm talking about Brandon Cooks. But the biggest disappointment for me was Chris Hogan on the year. Um, this is a guy that I was targeting for some of those reasons that I named before. And, you know, not to mention also that Julian Edelman was going to be suspended for the first four games for the New England Patriots. It just kind of seemed like Chris Hogan was really in a good spot to kind of be the go-to guy um, early on in the year before Edelman came back and, and once Brandon Cooks was traded to the Los Angeles Rams. But, you know, this is a guy that just he, – he never got it going, and he never missed time. And, you know, for a guy that a lot of teams had as a wide receiver too, um, you know, he kind of – I mean, at, at currently he is at wide receiver 69 on the year with the likes of guys like Seth Roberts, uh, David Moore, and Chester Rogers, guys that weren't even being thought of of being drafted uh, – once draft season was it was in full swing in August, and a guy that just really, just really, just really disappointed me. And once the Josh Gordon trade kind of happened after week four or five, it just kind of sealed his fate that he was not going to be executed or used like a lot of people thought. Yeah, I definitely echo those sentiments on Hogan. I think I had him on several of my rosters, maybe three fourths of him, and he's not on one of them right now. So I share your thoughts on him as being a huge bust. I had high expectations for him as well. So on the flip side of that, Stephen, how about somebody that is a bit of a surprise to you, maybe somebody that you had lower expectations for that's really exceeded what you thought he was going to do this year? Well, I think when you look at a big surprise uh, on the year, I think you look no further than the guy that's the current number one overall fantasy player this season, and that's Patrick Mahomes. Um and I mean, he, and especially at the quarterback position, being the number one quarterback in fantasy, being a full almost five points per game ahead of the second place guy and, and Matt Ryan, and averaging just shy over 30 points per game. You know, this is a guy that was really looked at as being a QB, like really a QB2 on those rosters going around QB 16 or 17 in drafts. Um, this was this was a guy that even I could say I, I did not expect to have the type of year. And I, I don't really know who could say that he could have this type of year of having a, probably 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns and likely going to be the the NFL MVP, let alone the fantasy MVP. Um, you know, it's going to be real interesting to see how people treat this type of player next season who's putting up this type of production at a position that is kind of seen as one that a lot of people tend to wait on. But I think next year, if you're talking about a guy who's going to have the same type of pieces around him as far as Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they, how, where, 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 where's this guy going to go next year? If people are willing to take the, the upside of like Deshaun Watson this past year, you know, I'm real curious to see how people treat Patrick Mahomes and, how people are going to center him as their as a focal point of the draft strategies, but yeah, uh, I, think, I, yeah, I definitely I, I think that's a great I think that's a great thought with Mahomes though, what where he's going to end up next year in drafts. That's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out, and I'm kind of anxious to see that as well. You're definitely not going to be able to get him like you did this year, where most people got him in the you know eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh rounds of drafts as a QB number two in most of your rosters and ends up being, like you said, the top overall point score. So that that's going to be a great debate and something that we'll get into this off season. And I wanted to 
talk a little bit more about this year and players that are doing well down the stretch. I know we always look at guys that have good finishes and showing flashes of good things. Maybe they're getting more playing time or maybe they're just healthy now or maybe they're just performing up to expectations. But is there anybody out there late in the year right now that uh, has made you put them on their radar for this for next season, I should say? Definitely. Um the one, the one guy that I really look at that's that's really performed well over really the last month, but um, over the last three weeks, uh, he's currently the wide receiver five um, in fantasy, and that's uh, rookie Dante Pettis um, of the San Francisco Forty ers and it's just it's just one of those things that you kind of watch him play, which you know, luckily he's in the four o'clock slate, so there's not many games to watch. So unfortunately, you're having to watch the San Francisco 49ers. But when you really watch him play, you can kind of see a lot of the athletic ability that you know this guy with, with having with having Jimmy Garoppolo coming back next season and the backfield being at full at full swing. Um, with having Jimmy Garoppolo and like and the likelihood that Pierre Garcon is going to be moving on. Um, you know, there's just not really a whole lot of options in the passing game outside of George Kittle that, you know, Dante Pettis could be a nice little, could be a good compliment for the San Francisco 49ers. And, you know, this was a guy that was taken in the middle of the second round in the NFL draft when a lot of people thought that he was more of a, a, a third-round talent. So, obviously, the San Francisco 49ers saw something in him that they really liked. And I just think with the opportunity that he could have with, with better quarterback play that, you know, he could be a guy targeting in the in the middle to early double digit rounds next season that you know, he could be a guy that could really perform well for you. Yeah, I like that call on Pettis Steven. I'm kinda high on him as well. I I was intrigued by him going into the season, but then he got injured early in the year and got sidetracked a little bit. But now he's coming on and playing well, so he's definitely somebody I'm putting on my radar as well. And I wanted to talk to you about fantasy playoff lineups. Stephen, because you won this big fantasy championship last year, had a great run, took home the $50,000. I want to know if there's any certain strategy that you use when it comes to setting your lineup for the playoffs. Is, do you take more chances, less chances, uh, just anything at all when it comes to setting your lineup for the playoffs? Well, when dealing with just the regular throughout the regular season, it's about just kind of getting the guys in your lineup that can get you the most points to just kind of keep you in like wild card consideration or in, in regards to the fancy championship, getting most points so that you can get as much of a cushion at the end of the year. Once you start with your average and it becomes a race. Now, when it comes playoff time, um, you know, I, I do treat it a little bit different as far as looking at paying a little bit of more attention to my opponent, my opponent's lineup. If I'm in a, if I'm in a championship scenario where, it is a head-to-head championship rather than a most points race. Um, with the games last week, having games on Thursday and Saturday, you know, it gave me an opportunity to look at if, like, for example, if I was playing against a guy like Damian Williams last week who put up just right at 30, point, 30 points in his matchup, if I'm going against a guy like if – I, if I ended up going up against a guy like Damian Williams – and I'm at my flex, and I'm setting my lineup with a flex position, and I have a choice between a guy like we just mentioned, Dante Pettis, or say another rookie receiver, Deshaun Hamilton, that I that I was able that I went and picked up quite a bit. I'm more than likely going to play Dante Pettis in that in that situation simply because he has more boom potential. You know, he has more potential to break for the long touchdown, and you know, 
just a couple weeks ago had almost a 30 point performance himself. So there's more, there's more upside potential that I'm probably going to have to make up points with Damian Williams having such a, having such a good game. And on the flip side, if Damian Williams is a guy that I have knowing the type of production he, he put up, you know, I'm probably going to try to go a little bit more conservative and play Deshaun Hamilton, who might not get the the big yards, might not even get the touchdown, but is a guy that, has really become kind of a target monster once Emmanuel Sanders went down that he can get five or six catches for potentially 50 to 60 yards. You know, he's, 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 his floor is, is a lot more safe, is a lot safer for 10 to 12 points that, you know, I, I'll tend to go more conservative there. So, yeah, once playoff season starts coming in full swing, um, definitely paying attention more to my opponent's lineup and what I need to do as far as setting for – certain situations that come for once everybody else comes to play on Sunday. And speaking of lineups, so let's talk about lineups for this week, week 16. There was many elite players last week, Saquon Barkley, Andrew Luck, that were just a complete bust in the playoff openers in a lot of leagues in week 15 and just killed many of those top seeds. So is there anybody out there for this week that you're worried about, an elite player that you think could maybe underperform compared to what he's done all year? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, waking up today and, and reading some more information, you know, more and more people are starting to worry that this guy might not even play. But um, a guy that last year, obviously, I can talk about as far as winning me the cha- the fantasy championship that might not play this week. And the guy that I'm worried about this this coming week is, is Todd Gurley. And, uh, you know, he, he kind of sat out a couple, a couple series uh, last week on Sunday Night Football against Philadelphia. And it makes you wonder if they were up in that game, would he have even came back in? And I kind of worry about that situation this week, especially with playing against a, a very weak opponent in the Arizona Cardinals. Um, if they were to get up early in the game, would they shut down Todd Gurley? Would his knee act up? Um, you know, this is a guy that it, it, he certainly has, has written to – that you have written to the fantasy championship this week that, you know, putting up close to 26 points, you know, 26 points per game, throughout the season and I, I just worry that if based on if it becomes situational that they get up early that that he may sit so you know it's a guy a lot of people are dependent on that 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 really might not be available for for championship week yeah, and I think it's a little concerning too that they signed CJ Anderson you know adding another back to the mix there it's always kind of a red flag when you got a guy with a injury and then they sign another player off the street so you got to worry about that as well and I definitely think that if I was a girly owner, I'd be a little bit worried for week 16. How about on the flip side, uh, Stephen, any players this week that you're really excited about from a fantasy perspective, maybe guys that are just going to produce that, that huge game and maybe carry a lot of teams to fantasy championships. Yeah. On the, on, on, on the level of, of, of elite play, um, a guy that I'm really excited for that's, that's really been coming on strong this last month, month and a half. Um, is, is running back Ezekiel Elliott um, playing at home against a defense that's been considered one of the bottoms of the league in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I like what they've really done with him as far as the passing game goes. Over the last six games, we're talking about a guy that's averaging more than five catches per game. And Dallas, you know, currently is leading their division, but Washington only being a game behind. This is a team that's still going to have to perform at a high level. And after the performance they put up 
against Indianapolis next week. I, I expect them to fully just ride Ezekiel Elliott to, to getting a W this week. And I look for the guy to have close to 30 touches and really execute on, on that performance. And, you know, if he's if he's outside of running back one or two, I, I would honestly be kind of surprised with, with the matchup that he has this week. A lot of owners stream defenses and kickers during the playoffs. And I get the question a lot, uh, who do you like this week as a possible streaming option, either kicker or defense? And I, I just wanted to get your perspective on this week. Is there any kickers or defenses out there that maybe owners can pick up and use this week and get some good production out of? Yeah, um, when looking looking for a for a streaming option, especially on RT Sports, you know, I'm looking at teams that you know, obviously there's not going to be the there's not going to be the Bears or the Rams or the Texans available, but teams that are maybe around 50% owned on the on the site, um, probably one of the the options that I would have, and they're only they're only currently owned in 34% of leagues, is probably the Miami Dolphins uh, playing at home against Jacksonville. Um, Jacksonville, once Cody Kessler became the starting quarterback um, on RT Sports, they're, the opposing defense is averaging right around seven points per game with two double-digit performances. Um, and then another another team that another team that's less than fifty percent owned that I would that I wouldn't mind having is probably the Tennessee Titans uh, playing at home against Josh Johnson Josh Johnson and the Washington Redskins. Um, whether or not they can cause the turnovers and, and the sacks is another thing. But if you definitely play in a league where points allowed, you kind of get a little reward on that. Um, Washington just hasn't been able to put up the points that they need to uh, to really to really hurt opposing defenses. So those are two two little options that I would have in the defensive and special teams category. And then for kicker, um, probably – Really, just one guy I would like as a stream option if you don't have a concrete, solid kicker. Um, but right now, uh, the last three out of four weeks, this guy's had double-digit points and only missed one of his kicks, being field goal kicks and extra point attempts. But uh, probably Jake Elliott of the Philadelphia Eagles um, is an option that I would look to maybe pick up, uh, especially in a in a home game playing against Houston where – they might not be able to get the ball in once inside the red zone. You could see, hopefully, Jake Elliott hit with a couple field goal attempts this week and continue a streak of double-digit production at the kicker position. So, Stephen, I wanted to get your take on the fantasy championship. We're in the last week, and right now Michael Jenks is leading it all. He has 558 points. He's followed by the Honey Pot team with 519 Richard Milan, I apologize if I pronounced your name wrong. He's on there twice. He's in third and fifth place. He has 513 points on one team, 497 on another. So we have some teams that are fairly close, but uh, Jenks has a almost a 40-point lead right now. I just wanted to get your take. Who do you think is in the best position to take home the big prize this year? Well, looking at how the points have gone and once the championship format took into place, um, it's going to be with Michael Jenks up at the top with a, with almost a 40 point cushion. It's, it's going to be kind of tough to really surpass that, surpass that lead, especially with the type of players that he has, you know, guys that have really performed throughout the year. And he has Travis Kelsey at the tight end position where a lot of people aren't as strong 
having a tight end that, you know, just that, that good. He's been performing at a wide receiver one level that you can put in at, at, at your tight end. Um, one guy that I do like that if uh, upset were to happen or there was a come up from a team that, you know, and, and with what we saw in week 15, anything really can happen as far as, you know, teams, you know, just floundering and others excelling. Um, John Rozak's team at, at, at number six, I really like the guys that he has as far as matchup purposes. When you look at Nick Chubb um, playing against Cincinnati, DeAndre Hopkins playing against the depleted Philadelphia secondary, and Amari Cooper um, playing against the Tampa Bay secondary. You know, he has some guys that could really put up some big points. And, you know, if anybody can somehow get a get a 200-point, 200 220-point week, and Michael Jenks' team just happens to just kind of just kind of you know just kind of fall. Um, I mean, anything could happen, even with a forty-point lead, as comfortable as that is. But I mean, it's hard to go against the guy who's up at top right now. But um, it's going to be an exciting week, and all I can say is for the people that are in contention, me not being one of them this season, unfortunately, all I can say is just enjoy the week, and you know just. Best of luck to everybody for all teams involved this year. Great stuff, Stephen. I appreciate you coming on with me as always. Good luck in all of your leagues that you're in. I know you're in several of them, so I'm sure you're fighting for a lot of fantasy championships in all of your leagues, and I appreciate you coming on once again. You'll have to do it again sometime soon. Uh, I, I thank you for having me as always, and you know, hopefully – Next season, once preseason comes around, we can maybe talk about different draft strategies and seeing who 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 who's rising, who's falling in fantasy, and uh, look forward to competing against you in the uh, RT's Champions League once again. And that was my interview with Stephen Hawley, one of the top fantasy football players in the industry. He did a great job on the podcast once again. And I want to wish everybody the best of luck in their Week 16 games. This is Super Bowl week for most of you out there, so good luck in that big game this weekend. This has been Jeff Hauer for Real-Time Fantasy Sports. Have a great day, everyone.